you know, we, we kind of make the joke about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, you know, it's like, and then one day the gates closed and that was it. The South Side of San Antonio just seemed very poised for a great mixed use, you know, lifestyle destination project. From grain silos and tasting lines to apartments, shops, art, and more, new life is brewing for an iconic San Antonio landmark. In line with a trend of mixed-use developments popping up across San Antonio, the Lone Star Brewery is set to undergo a historic transformation. In 1933, the Sabinas Brewing Company constructed a brewery at the site, and it was a point of pride for the South Side until it was closed 60 years later. Since then, it sat empty. I'm Erica Zuko, and this is Commerce Street, a business podcast from Ken's Five. We're digging into a massive effort to revitalize this beloved cornerstone of the South Side. The project is ambitious in scope, a whopping 32 acres of development, and it's set to unfold in various phases over the next decade with groundbreaking planned for this year. We spoke with Peter French, Director of Development for Gray Street Partners, which is working with Midway. In our conversation, he spoke about how the new development will weave in the area's unique natural features and the nearby art and culture scenes. So first, I just want to kind of touch on why this site. What was it about the Lone Star Brewery site that was so exciting to y'all? Sure. Um, You know, we've been tracking the project for, you know, the last decade or so as it's moved um, potentially towards development. And as that market has continued to change, um, all the amenities, you know, sort of all roads led to Lone Star. You've got the river improvements, the UNESCO World Heritage designation, uh, lots of exciting things on the art and food scene. Um, new living opportunities. You know, the South Side of San Antonio just seemed very poised uh, for a great mixed-use, you know, lifestyle destination project. And certainly, from an urban project development standpoint, finding 32 acres um, all in one spot where you can really chart out, you know, a great neighborhood is—it's um, really difficult to do. And so we were super excited both about the scale of the project and its location and all the surrounding amenities. It's just like checks all the boxes for how to create a great new neighborhood. Just to give people the basics, I know a lot of the plans are still in the works, but what kind of is the overall vision for the project? Sure. So, you know, a true lifestyle, uh, there's kind of a, uh, you know, a mix, depending on, you know, which buzzword you like, but a 24-hour neighborhood, uh, a 15-minute neighborhood. And so, you know, those are both defined as, a place where you really have live, work, play, you know, all the things that you'd need for your daily life within a 15 minute walk. Um, So we'll have living, we'll have retail, food and beverage, you know, lots of recreation opportunities with the river trails and with parks on the site uh, and then office. And certainly, you know, we hope to have uh, hospitality at some point uh, in the future. But um, so you ought to be able to do everything you want right there on site. You kind of touched on this when you mentioned that there aren't a lot of places that you have this much space within the city of San Antonio. We've really seen San Antonio grow outward, and this is an opportunity to kind of build on what's in. What is the value in that, and why do that? Why focus there? Sure. So, you know, one of the great opportunities about infill development is the infrastructure is already there. Um, and, you know, we you don't have to build everything from scratch, which, again, is great. We've got Roosevelt Park right across the river, of course, the huge improvements on the river, you know, so a lot of public investment has already been made 
to make this project um, viable once we start on the on the private investment side. Um, unlike a you know they call it in the real estate a greenfield development or something that's out on the prairie where there's no infrastructure around it. You know we have cultural amenities and neighborhood amenities and active neighborhoods and associations. You know people that come live work and shop there. Uh, already surrounding the project, and so it makes our job so much easier, and it's it's really exciting. And the and the response from the community, we've had several community meetings, um, has been hugely, you know, very popular, very supportive. You know, people are really really excited uh, about seeing Lone Star come back to life. Our leasing team has been commenting on the fact that even just you know counting likes, you know, social media follows on on our new Instagram Lone Star District um, account, you know, they're like the response to this project has been huge and fast and it's exciting. It really is. I moved to San Antonio only maybe two and a half years ago, so I'm still learning about the things San Antonians love and are interested in. But ever since I got here, there's been a fascination with the Lone Star Brewery site. People are yeah. really into it. What, what is, why is that? Why do you think there's so much excitement and, and kind of nostalgic investment in it? Yeah, you know, the brewery activity, or I guess the brewery itself started in 1933, which was the Sabinas Brewing Company back then. And so for you know, 60 years, um, it was a hub of, of activity on, on the south side of San Antonio. You know, people working there, obviously people coming to visit, you had the Buckhorn. Um, and so every day we get emails or encounter people, you know, who we're meeting with, they're like, I went as a kid or my dad worked there, my grandfather worked there, you know, we went for picnics, my mom did synchronized swimming. There's been people who've been touching the site for decades. And so I I just think it holds this you know, really sort of special spot. Um, there's this nostalgia around it um, for people, not just from San Antonio, but from all over the place who have, you know, fond memories um, of their own or of family members of going there and being there. And um, and then they were sort of locked out. You know, we, we kind of make the joke about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, you know, it's like, and then one day the gates closed and that was it. And so everybody's been sort of, you know, anxiously uh, awaiting its return. And um, it's just thrilling to be able to do that. I, I definitely uh, want to plug. So we've actually, as part of our activity on the redevelopment, we want to capture these memories and have people share their memorabilia and share their stories with us. And so we actually have a, an email address um, specifically to collect those and it's history at lonestardistrict.com. Um, and so we want to be sure that people um, that people send us, uh, send us those kind of memories and give us the opportunity to, uh, you know, to then figure out what to do with them, engage local artists to, to share those again. So it's, it's really neat. What did it feel like to kind of see the bones of these buildings? Are they still good? I know you guys plan to try to restore some of them. How is it, how is it looking? And are you excited about that? Very, you know, the, um, Adaptive reuse or historic redevelopment is definitely a challenging, um, it's a challenging thing. We've been doing it with the San Antonio Light Building, which, you know, is right there on Broadway. And um, so it presents all kinds of interesting challenges, but opportunities, the brewery building itself and the stacks, and there's this whole collection of buildings out there, um, which are going to be something really phenomenal. And yeah, people just don't build things like that. Uh, anymore. So, you know, the project is going to be a mix of new and old. Um, our first phase will, you know, include the the original brew buildings and, of course, the restoration of the of the stacks and that sort of thing. 
um, figuring out exactly how those get used is still something that we're working on. Um, but, you know, again, having these iconic buildings that everybody recognizes, it's just, it's, it really creates an authenticity um, and it's an amenity, obviously, that new projects just don't have. So it, I think it adds a lot of value. I think I read that the groundbreaking breaking you're hoping to do this year, phase one into like 2025. Is that about right? right? And what, what does that encompass that first? Phase? Yes. And so, you know, uh, kind of touching back on the on the site, there's going to be some what we kind of call a, addition by subtraction. So groundbreaking will first begin with with, you know, taking some of the old buildings that we're not going to use down. Uh, I guess the newer old buildings, you know, things from the things from the 70s and 60s. Uh, and then, so, you know, demolition sort of that begins in 2021, uh, we'll probably be going vertical on new construction starting in 2022. And then, yes, we hope to have that first phase, which right now the plan is, you know, hundred thousand feet plus or minus of office and 50,000 feet of food and beverage retail and about 250 apartment units. That's, that's phase one. Um, and, uh, and then we'll just keep going from there. But, uh, yeah, so the groundbreaking, you know, it's kind of phased. They'll be going down and then they'll be coming back up <laughs> and then they'll be opening buildings and all these things will sort of happen in turn. I know there are plans for this to be kind of a participatory project. As you mentioned, people can send in their photos and their memories, yeah. and there's also going to be kind of some community input into it. What are, what specifically are you looking for there? Yeah, so there's a whole lot of things. In fact, I had spent two hours with the Lone Star uh, Neighborhood Association the other night kind of talking about this. Um, local art is going to be something that's very, very important and a public art program. And so finding and meeting local artists who want to participate in the project, you know, engagement with additional stakeholders, whether it's the River Authority or the River Authority Foundation or, you know, local schools and charter schools. Um, obviously, the neighborhood associations finding, you know, local food and beverage um, operators, uh, and then the early activations, even prior to having the buildings up and ready, will include, you know, drive-in movies or pop-up events, and we're still trying to work out what those are, but those will be very local and community-centric. Um, and then, of course, there's the collection of the, of the stories and memorabilia. Um, uh, and then, you know, other, you know, there's other soft good retail, you know, we know we have a lot of great uh, makers uh, in the San Antonio community and we want to engage them in the project um, and just, you know, make it a place for a place for San Antonio, you know, it was for decades and we want it, we want it to be again. I think what they're now calling the Lone Star District has been kind of cool over the past few years that second yeah. Saturday that they started up is really fun and yeah. you have so much art down there and it's a little organic and a little more you know what what do you envision um what role do you envision playing with all of those partners and within that neighborhood and what do you kind of feel when you walk down there when you're when you're around there yeah well there's um you know there's an authenticity in the in the Lone Star District and the Lone Star neighborhood um and you know that you just you can't recreate in you know but we have an opportunity to be both sort of ground zero for some of those bigger public events um as well as really a launching spot for the whole mission reach you know that whole river extension and of course the missions and their unesco designation all are a huge opportunity uh for local folks and folks from you know who knows where from very far afield international visitors to have a sort of starting spot for the way that they can come and experience that part of San Antonio and all of San Antonio. 
Um, so creating that that central meeting point, uh, I think is going to be an opportunity for us. Um, and then with the buildings and the scale and the site uh, that we have to, you know, figure out what other public uh, amenities or resources, whether it's, you know, museums or venues for, you know, community gatherings. I mean, we it's something that's exciting to explore, but we've got a great opportunity to uh, to fill that in addition to, you know, additional art spaces for the showing and making of art. So, uh, and music was something that kept coming up uh, in this meeting the other day. And I know, you know, there's a story the other day about San Antonio's 60s garage band history. And I was hearing a lot about that, the old kind of DJs and radio stations that uh, existed back in the day. And so, you know, really trying to tap into that authentic vibe of San Antonio and give it a spot. What else do you think is important for people to know, or what do you want to make sure people understand about the project at this phase in the development? Yeah, um, you know, we have these guiding principles that we've developed um, for the for the Lone Star District, which is, which is what we're calling, um, you know, the neighborhood, and um, that it's going to be an all-day district that is going to be for the people of San Antonio, um, that the river is going to be very, very important in activating that, um, and you know, we just want to be sure that we touch as many local folks as possible and they know that they have a place here and that we want to hear from them. Um, and right now is the idea and the, you know, sort of the very creative stage that we're in where more ideas are better. Um, you know, we heard from someone the other day, you know, wanted to talk about farming and uh, farmers markets and we're hearing, you know, I mean, it's, it's really neat who's reaching out to us and all the different opportunities that they're going to be to uh, engage with the community. So it's not too early for any idea, uh, big or small, and um, we just really want to hear from people. And a couple of things that you mentioned when you talk about like music possibilities, art possibilities, farming possibilities, somebody like me, acres and feet, it's, it's hard for me to imagine how big we're talking about. Yeah. This site is really, really big, right? It is. We have 32 acres, um, which is huge. And, and, um, you know, the first phase is about 12 acres. And again, none of these things uh, make a lot of sense. Pearl, which is a comparison, obviously, that's always going to be drawn, started at about 20 acres, and they've been expanding. Um, and then the frontage along the river, obviously, is is significant. Um, it's a big, big site. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be at this for 10 years, you know, or more, uh, creating this neighborhood. And uh uh, you just don't get opportunities like this, you know, all the time. So it's, you it's look really excited. You look yeah. like you're not like, Oh God, it's going to be 10 years. No, no, so it's good. great. You yeah. know, and, and I've been in the, you know, in the mixed use, uh, community creation, uh, you know, business for a long, long time. And one of the other great things about a site of this size is you get to learn as you go. And, um, you know, if you make mistakes or do something that you're not so crazy about, the great thing about 32 acres, you have the opportunity to do it better, you know, the next time. And as the markets change and as new opportunities, you know, present themselves, you can, you can, you know, amend your plan to, to make the, the neighborhood better and better and better. So um, we're thrilled. Something that came up the other day was this rails to trails project that the city's been working on to convert some of the former uh, railroad lines down in the area into hike and bike trails. And so we're now looking at how to tie into that. Um, but it's it's really exciting. And the activity level, um, again, that people are walking by on the river and using that Mission Reach trail 
every day? And, you know, can we put kayaks on the river down there? They're the flume, you know, how can we make this an active, uh, a really active neighborhood and make it accessible for folks to walk in and out of? Um, it's, it's cool. <laughs> for, for people who are really excited about this and want to follow the progress, is the Instagram and the website the best way, or is there anything else I should sign on to? Actually, yeah, LoneStarDistrictSA.com is the website. Okay, perfect. And then the email address that I gave, history, is history at LoneStarDistrictSA.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Commerce Street, a business podcast from Ken's Five. For more episodes like this one, including how the San Antonio economy is recovering from the pandemic, search Commerce Street on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or visit kens5.com slash commerce street. I'm Erica Zucco with producer Kristen Dean. Thanks for listening. 